Coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline, Israel blasts a new deal between the U.S. and Iran. Why Israelis are concerned it's pumping more dollars into Iran's terror machine. And bloodshed in Sudan, how Christians are standing strong during the country's civil war. Plus, a major evangelical organization's future in Israel could now be in question. And we go to Poland to see how Christian leaders are connecting with the country's deep Jewish history. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Julie Stahl. A recent deal between the United States and Iran has been described as the highest ransom ever paid for American hostages. That's because Iran will get $6 billion in frozen assets and prisoners in exchange for five American detainees. The U.S. State Department maintains those assets held in South Korea can only be used for humanitarian purposes, and Iran will still be held accountable for human rights abuses, funding terrorism, and destabilizing the region. Nothing about our overall approach to Iran has changed. We continue to pursue a strategy of deterrence, of pressure, and diplomacy. We remain committed to ensuring that Iran never acquires a nuclear weapon. Iran's foreign minister claims its actions are consistent with efforts to get rid of punishment caused by the U.S. Iran has decided to act in two ways. That is, to eliminate the impact of the sanctions while endeavoring to lift the unilateral and unfair sanctions of the United States through diplomatic means. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu released a statement focused on the country's main concern, Iran's nuclear ambition. Israel's position is known, according to which arrangements that do not dismantle Iran's nuclear infrastructure will not stop its nuclear program and will only provide it with funds that will go to terrorist elements sponsored by Iran. Certain international experts don't blame Israel for its stand on the Iranian deal. They're one of the lead funders of terrorism around the world, and they're a major opponent to key allies of ours like Israel and Saudi Arabia. Former U.S. Senator and Ambassador Sam Brownback tells CBN News he would understand any Israeli anger over the U.S. allowing billions of dollars to go to its erstwhile enemy. If I'm Israel, if I'm Saudi Arabia, I'm livid about this. Uh, and Israel's trying to limit Iran from getting a nuclear reactor and a nuclear weapon for obvious reasons. And this just helps fund those efforts. Richard Goldberg of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies says the U.S. has clearly agreed to provide sanctions relief in return for almost nothing. Iran is not required to get rid of its enriched uranium stockpile. Iran is not required to dismantle a single centrifuge, shut down a single nuclear site. To the contrary, they continue to build up their nuclear capabilities under this arrangement, and they are building a secret underground site. Goldberg says that site would likely withstand a military strike and eventually help complete its nuclear weapons ambition. The Israelis are now faced with some pretty tough decisions of actions that they're going to need to take on their own without U.S. support. Could potentially have to destroy Iran's nuclear capabilities, especially that underground site that if it's completed would be game over from an attempt to stop an Iranian nuclear weapon. As the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, Iran continues to focus on attacking Israel on all sides through Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad and Hamas. Not to mention all the threats that Iran poses to the state of Israel, the existence to Israel, their terror proxies that attack Israel every day.
Sudan is one of five Muslim countries that joined the Abraham Accords and normalized ties with Israel. Today, Sudan's peace efforts are in jeopardy as the country consumes itself with a brutal civil war. Here's George Thomas with an update on the fighting and how local Christians are helping their fellow countrymen. One leads Sudan's army as the country's de facto leader. The other, a notorious rebel leading a powerful paramilitary force. Once allies, these two Sudanese generals have been fighting for months to control one of Africa's most strategic countries. I don't know any family that hasn't been affected by this, hasn't been impacted. Um, pastors, church community leaders, they've all, they've all had to flee. For 10 years, Tina Ramirez sought to advance human rights and religious freedom in this predominantly Muslim country. She worries all of that may be in jeopardy now as civil war engulfs the country. The situation there is very dire. Um, churches have been bombed and attacked and looted, so have mosques and other places of worship. Fighting between General Burhan's army and General Degalo's rebel rapid support force has left at least 3,000 people dead and 12,000 more wounded. According to human rights experts, the situation in the western Sudan region of Darfur is particularly horrific, with reports of rebel fighters going on a killing spree. The bodies of at least 87 ethnic Masalit and others allegedly killed last month by rapid support forces and their allied militia in West Darfur have been buried in a mass grave. Using thermal detection data from NASA satellite images, Yale University's Conflict Observatory found those fighters deliberately targeted at least 26 communities in Darfur, burning down entire neighborhoods and villages. A lot of this is ethnic, a lot of this is tribal. Um, and there is absolutely some targeted uh, violence. Mike Congrove leads Empower One, a ministry training Sudanese Christians to start churches. Congrove says Christians from different denominations and parachurch groups in Darfur are working together despite enormous risks. We're really seeing some great cooperation to, uh, to make sure guys are okay, men and women are okay, that folks who need to get out are getting able to escape um, and getting some support that they need. Nearly three million people have been displaced within the country. Another 800,000 have escaped to neighboring countries like Chad, South Sudan, Egypt and Ethiopia. As they are trying to flee the city into um, the Nuba Mountains, part of South Sudan, over into Chad and other areas, the streets are lined with dead bodies. Meanwhile, the UN says the country's healthcare infrastructure is collapsing, with 80% of the hospitals now out of service. Hospitals have been taken over by the RSF and these other forces. The medical supplies have been targeted and attacked. Medical workers have been attacked. Congrove's group has set up aid distribution points close to the Sudanese border for the thousands streaming out of the country. He's asking people around the world to pray for a ceasefire and especially for those who've decided to stay and help their countrymen. And I just was on a call over the weekend with a key leader in Darfur. And he said, I want to keep reaching people for Christ. I want, and he's someone who hasn't left. And a lot of people have. And he's intentionally staying in and surrounded by fighting. And he's asking for prayer. George Thomas, CBN News. Coming up, the future of a major Christian organization in Israel is now in question. Find out why when we come back. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe 
who has chosen us from all of the nations and given us his Torah. Audiences are raving about oracles of God. I believe this is an extraordinary, well-researched movie that indeed speaks about the integrity of God's word. It's a real faith builder. It encouraged me to, to realize God's hand in preserving his word throughout history. If God is not faithful to his word, he is not faithful. But this shows that he is. What is it? I don't know. I thought you could tell me whether or not they are genuine. I would describe this movie as inspiring, captivating, excitement. It mattered to them to get it right. Everybody should watch this movie. Oracles of God, the story of the Old Testament. Available now for a gift of any dollar amount. He walked with the living God and showed us the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Pat Robertson, evangelist, humanitarian, statesman, educator, author, and visionary. Watch Pat's story and be encouraged by his many teachings. Go to cbn.com slash pat to learn more about what the Lord accomplished through this remarkable servant. As we enter the Jewish New Year, there's no better time to explore the holidays of Israel. In CBN's free guide, Israel's Major Holidays, you'll discover why these special occasions are so central to Jewish life and culture. You'll even learn about the biblical feasts and festivals that Jesus observed throughout his life. Get your free copy. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Israel Holidays. A major evangelical organization is concerned about its future in Israel. The International Christian Embassy Jerusalem is telling Israeli media the government has rejected its request for clergy visas on the grounds that it no longer qualifies as a religious institution. The embassy, which largely focuses on charity work, says the change threatens its operations in the Holy Land. CBN News producer Emily Jones spoke to one of the leaders of the Christian Embassy. David, thank you so much for being here. So this is obviously a very unprecedented change that's happened for your ministry. Where is this all coming from? Well, I, I think in Israel, it's a, like a national pastime for Israelis to complain about the tax authority and the Ministry of Interior. So we, you know, we're just uh, like everyone else suffering with their slow and sometimes uh, unthought out decisions. But uh, we've had periods of uh, trouble in getting visas before for our staff from abroad, uh, but we've never gone public with it, usually worked it out in private. But we've faced about a three-year period now because of COVID, because of five elections in three and a half years, uh, mid-level bureaucrats in a lot of these ministries have been free to make their own decisions without proper supervision from above, from people who sort of see the wider picture of, say, the Christian support for Israel, how strategic it is for the Jewish state. And uh, so we faced uh, certain bureaucrats, uh, I'd say, with a, a bias against Christians that are trying to squeeze us out of all our visa categories to where going forward long term it would be hard to operate under these conditions. We have been told for three and a half years that it's under review, under review, 
to go find some sort of arrangement we can all work with. But in the meantime, uh, we've just uh, been whittled away to, to where we finally went public with it. Mm. And how would this change, if it's not reversed, how would it affect your organization here in Israel? The, what really tipped us uh, to go public was uh, a letter concerning one of our applications for someone to receive a clergy visa. In the past, they would have gotten it, but we were told we, we won't get this visa because we're not a religious organization. And this is some mid-level bureaucrat changing over 40 years of the Christian embassy from our foundation in 1980, we have been registered as a Christian association. A lot of our affairs were dealt with with the Ministry of Religious Affairs. The actual approval for clergy is through a religious affairs advisor who has never had any problem with it. And if this was allowed to continue and we were declared by someone not a religious organization, then our very existence is called into question. But we do believe uh, we have a hearing coming up uh, within the administrative process of the Ministry of Interior that uh, we hope to, that what we've done here will finally get the attention of the right people there. We've had intervention from the highest levels of the foreign ministry and others. It hasn't got their attention. Uh, but we hope now things will start turning around for us. Great. So there's a possibility that it could be reversed and... Yes. Great. Yeah. David, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Up next, we take you to Poland, where Christians are exploring the country's rich Jewish history and learning powerful lessons from the past. 2023 marks Israel's 75th anniversary. Wanting only a homeland of their own, the Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. You can stand with the nation of Israel and support their basic right to exist through CBN Israel. Your donation makes it possible to give humanitarian aid to Israelis in crisis while simultaneously reaching millions worldwide with breaking news and award-winning films that tell the true story of the Jewish people. Will you stand with Israel during their 75th anniversary? Call 1-800-265-0996. Go to cbn.com slash support Israel or text CBN Israel to 247 News from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. 
Most people have heard about the horrors of the Holocaust, although many don't realize it ended a vibrant Jewish community in Poland that had been in existence for a thousand years. I recently went to Poland to see that story and its lessons for today. It's called the Narrow Bridge Tour. That's a phrase from a famous Hasidic folk song in which goes, all the world is a narrow bridge. The main thing is not to be afraid. And what has characterized life for Jews and Christians in this part of the world has been, especially in the last hundred years, is the life is uh, quite risky and frightening and dangerous. And uh, actually it's a matter of life and death. And at the same time, we should not be afraid. David Pelegi leads the Anglican Christ Church in Jerusalem. Each year, he brings Christians from around the world here to explore the thousand-year history of the country's Jewish people and the influence they still have today on Jewish communities around the world and Israel. We come to this country to study Jewish life, Jewish-Christian relations, the Holocaust, and in particular, we really want to ask the question, why did so many ordinary people do such horrible things? And at the same time, why did so many ordinary people do uh, such courageous things? CBN News joined Pelegi and about 20 Christians from various backgrounds on his most recent tour. This is not your usual tourist trip of coming to Europe and seeing castles and gardens and pretty things. Uh, it's a little different. It's very different. Touching the wall of the Warsaw Ghetto, standing on the dock where Jews would soon enter the Sobibor extermination camp, walking through woods along the train tracks to Treblinka, or visiting the deadly concentration camp at Majdanchik. This is about what happened to the Jewish community in Poland that for a thousand years got along quite well with non-Jews, and then when World War II came, was completely extinguished from this nation. It includes stories of Jewish communities told in the cities and towns where they lived in eastern Poland, like the story of Tykochin. We're in this town as a group to discover why were Jews here in such large numbers. I mean, we're in a very rural part of the world. Invited here by the Polish nobility more than 800 years ago to help develop the country, these Jewish people thrived and by the eve of World War II had grown to three and a half million, the world's largest Jewish community. Many Polish aristocrats, they had estates in rural areas, and Jews managed those estates, collected taxes for them, did any number of things, and uh, ultimately helped the Polish aristocracy grow food and take that food up the Polish river system and to export it to different places around the world. And Poland grew economically and politically uh, really thanks to the help of the Jewish people. In August 1941, however, the Nazis rounded up the Jews of Tykochin and told them they were going to the ghetto in Bialystok. Instead, the Nazis marched or drove them out of town to a nearby forest. Overnight, here in this beautiful forest, Nazis murdered more than 2,400 Jews and buried them where they dropped. Part of the community that had helped build Poland's economy wiped out in a day. It's very hard to look at the Holocaust and to 
think about the suffering people. I think one of the great things about this particular trip is that we're also studying the Jewish heritage site. Thousands of these mass graves can be seen throughout Central and Eastern Europe. Even before the death camps or gas chambers, the shooting deaths of millions of Jews and others became known as the Holocaust by bullets. At some of these sites, participants recited the Kaddish, the Jewish mourner's prayer that proclaims the greatness of God. Attorney Raymond Daig says the lesson he sees is how it could happen again. It's a frightening prospect. We all say to ourselves, oh, I would never do that. I could never be there. But human nature is such that we have to be forever vigilant because these kinds of things can happen and did and did with a vengeance. There are also heroic stories, like the famous Oscar Schindler, who saved Jews by insisting he needed them in his factory that today houses a museum. In Krakow, Tadojch Pankiewicz owned a pharmacy in an area designated as the Jewish ghetto. As a non-Jew, he and his staff were supposed to leave, but he fought to stay. They observed the Nazis rounding up the Jews, humiliating them and shooting them. Under penalty of death, they secretly tried to help sick and starving Jews and even hid some Jews in the pharmacy. Bible translator Professor Brad Young says it's important to be in the place where things happened to fully understand the history. We must learn the history of the Jewish people and understand the connection that we have as Christians with the suffering of the Jewish people in history. Bishop Julian Dobbs, a longtime student of Jewish history, says he came to Poland because so much of it happened here. I believe that we understand our Christian faith more fully when we do so through a Hebraic lens. Therefore, understanding the place of the Jewish people, both in our faith through the scriptures, but also in the history of the Jewish people, deepens our understanding of our own faith journey. Pelegi says for years he taught people about the Jewishness of Jesus and Jewish roots of Christianity, but it seemed artificial that interest in the Jewish people stopped when the New Testament was written. And of course God still has his purposes for the Jewish people. He still remains in covenant with them. I think it's quite important that we have a basic understanding uh, of their history. Still ahead, a new video game is helping young people connect to the Bible in a transformative way. Thank you for watching Jerusalem Dayline. We're committed to providing you with unbiased reporting from the Holy Land. Through weekly broadcasts, podcasts, and online media, our vision is to reach millions around the globe with the true story of what's happening in Israel and the Middle East, all from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This is a big vision and is only made possible by the generous support of people like you. Call us toll free at 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Jerusalem Dateline and make a donation that will help spread the light of truth about Israel throughout the world. Experience God's power in Superbook Summer of Faith. Three stories of God's miraculous protection for those who hear His voice and believe what He says. You'll receive this special bonus pack with Gizmo Go, Return of the Flying House. Rig, 
tilt the electromagnetic coils back 30 degrees. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Return of the Flying House, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Summer of Faith bonus, receive three Superbook episodes demonstrating God's awesome power. Every Gizmo Go show contains a Bible-based story, a karaoke version of an original song, and much more. Gizmo here probably spent years trying to bring us home. Technically, it was me who brought you back. Years? Come on! Join the CBN Animation Club, and for a limited time, receive the Summer of Faith bonus as our way of saying thanks. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us regent. If you're tired and exhausted all day, you can't think clearly, and you really just need a cup or even a pot of coffee to get through your day, then join me, Dr. Josh Axe, for this new series where I'm going to teach you how to transform your diet and use essential oils and supplements to get a better night's sleep. Wake up to your best life. Call 1-800-700-7000 to get your free DVD or booklet of Protect Your Sleep today. Concerns are growing that future generations are losing touch with the Bible. Now, a new Bible-themed video game is on a mission to help young people engage with Scripture in a powerful way. As more and more young people are leaving the faith, Arvis Soli believes his new interactive video game could help them re-engage. We really want to dive into creating a video game for a younger generation to be able to experience Jesus and to, to be able to get familiar with the stories and the events from the Bible. This, as statistics show, young people are becoming increasingly more secular and less connected to Scripture. According to Barna, 41% of teens never use a Bible and just 20% read one weekly. This game might be the only Bible some people read. We want to take players back, back to origin, back to zero, and uh, make them able to dive into this huge world of, of the, the biblical stories and events. Praise is already pouring in for Gate Zero and its efforts to engage the next generation. I was honestly astonished at the graphical artistry that they had done. Gatesero has a unique corner of this market. I thought it was a really good interaction for the player. Gate Zero, set in a dystopian world in the year 2072, sends players on a quest through time to solve a mystery. The idea was birthed in 2020 when Soli and his team created an interactive model of the second temple for a Christian youth camp. Three weeks before this event was going to be held, uh, COVID came. So uh, everything was just cancelled and we were there with a model of second temple and uh, didn't know what to do with it. With the world suddenly shut down, Soli and his team got creative, morphing the digital effort into a full-scale video game, giving campers a deeper, wider look at the Bible. Now, three years later, Game Zero is scaling the project to create an inspirational experience for young people around the globe. 
we believe that the younger generation, they need to get, get familiar with the Bible to at least when they are taking decisions in life, they need to be able to understand what, uh, on what ground they are taking the decisions. So uh, we see the gaming, uh, the gaming medium as a really, really effective way of giving them like context, telling the stories and also interact with the stories and events. So in that way, they are able to understand the significance of the, the message that Jesus came with. It seems the idea is resonating in a big way. A recent Kickstarter for Gate Zero shattered the team's goal in mere days, bringing in well over $300,000. Fans can currently play a 20-minute Gate Zero demo with Solly and his team planning to release a full version of the game featuring 30 stories from the Gospels in 2024. Billy Hollowell, CBN News. That's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the God who's watching over Israel and you and me neither slumbers nor sleeps. I'm Julie Stahl. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.